Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. After picking up Seekin and heading off back on their trip to see Ecthiarn, the group finally reach the edge of the woods where they bed down for the evening and fall asleep without any watches as they were instructed. Overnight, each of them is visited by Ecthiarn, the unicorn lord of horses, who asks them questions about why they have come. And then seemingly satisfied with their answers, leaves them back into a dreamless sleep. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your Dungeon Master Lauren, also known as Obocrazy. And tonight I have a drink that harkens back to a year ago when we did our live game at RTX. And I was given some ghost pepper moonshine that became Hydrohooch in our live game. And everybody remembers well, it is potent and powerful and crazy. And I brought home a flask full of it. And it has taken me a year because you can only have it in tiny, tiny doses. But I'm on the last of it. So here we are on the eve of everybody leaving to go to this year's RTX and play our live game. I am enjoying the last of the Hydra Hooch in pomegranate juice. So I've once again got dragon's blood to drink. And with that, I am excited because I now get to introduce all these wonderful people who are all now level 10. And are not only going to talk about what they're drinking, but what they're packing. <laughs> Let's start with Carlton. Also, oh, tell me your new health. We'll get this out of the way. <laughs> That's your thing. I like it. I cleric a, and a cleric. <laughs> I yes, made a brand exactly. new board. Look at that. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so I am now level 10. I am your fighter orc barbarian, half orc barbarian. Uh, and I am drinking. Uh, so I had a tooth extracted. I can't have soda. So I'm drinking by antioxidant. Infused Narino Peach Super Tea that is truly brewed, and it is delicious and sweet. But now that I am a level 10 barbarian fighter, I took a level into fighter, which made me level 4, and gave me a feat, and I took the Savage Attacker. Ooh. Hmm. Now what does that do? So the Savage Attacker feat is actually pretty nice for someone who's a frontliner. And so once per turn, I may roll damage for a melee weapon attack. I can re-roll the weapon's damage dice and use either total. So it's kind of like, eh, not right, not quite like luck, but but a little bit. Like being a, able to choose to re-roll. Yeah, so like if I got two attacks, if one of them I roll like, oh, cool, I roll really well. Like let's say I crit and then roll minimum damage. Yeah, let's re-roll that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Great Weapon Master except for any weapon. Yeah. That's, that's a more apt description. Okay. And what is your new health? Oh, and my new health as a level 10 is 101 points. Yeah, someone's finally broken the, the 100 mark for, for health. Yay. If it was going to be anybody first, it was going to be me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that also makes the most sense. I mean, statistically speaking. All right. Uh, Jonathan, what are you packing? 
Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Metamuscular, and tonight I am having uh, a recent entry into the Cider Wars, the Ace Ace uh, Pineapple Cider. It is quite delicious, and I love it. And the Shot of Fireball, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to Soul Fire Photography, who is going to be helping us out and doing some really awesome stuff just in general at RTX. She is an amazing cosplay photographer, and you can follow her on at Soul Fire Photos uh, on Twitter. So check her out. She's got awesome stuff. And this fireball shot is for you. She's also a really good friend of mine. <laughs> and and I cannot wait to share those pictures all over our Patreon and all over our social media. It's going to be great. And Jonathan, for, for Bernie, what is your new health total? Oh, my new health total is uh, 73 hit points. And for level 10, I have taken a couple of fifth level spells. I have taken Wall of Force and Dawn. Uh, which should be lots of fun. And I also get a wizard feature where now, as an evoker, I add my intelligence modifier to any single damage roll of a spell. Nice! What? And and a respectable uh, health total for a wizard, I might add. Yeah, that plus three con. It's all those muscles. Yeah. yeah. All right, Travancore, what are you in shadow packing? Ooh, good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is, well... I took a little bit of the Marvel red wine that I had lying around in my fridge, you know, leftover birthday, baby birthday, um, booze, but it wasn't a very good wine. So I thought, can I make it better? So I took some VSOP brandy and took some mango juice and swirled it together. And I have something that resembles sangria, but is much stronger. I don't have hmm. a name for it, but if our fans want to tweet suggestions at Dungeon Drunks, um, I guess we'll take the one that gets the most likes. No, 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 don't do it that way because <laughs> what'll happen is oh, it'll be like wine, wine face. face. It'll, yeah. That's exactly, yes. So, no, how about no, I'll pick tweet a little like the best. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You make the choice, and then people, it won't just be Bodie McBoat drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, Bodie McBoat drink, not bad, though, because you could actually drink this on Bodie McBoat drink. That could work. We could market that. It could yeah. be Whiny McWine drink. Oh my god. Oh, I mean, and it will be if Twitter has anything to say. So let's hear your suggestions. Yeah, so Travancore is still a level nine ranger. <gasps> but he's a level one druid. What? That's right. Hey! Multiclass. Welcome to the club, buddy. Yeah, I I'm a multiclasser and I get to I guess I get to join the spellcasters club now in earnest. Uh well you were already a member, now you Now he's an uppercase member. That's right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'd yeah. say that yet. But oh um, no, I will. I will totally say that. Yep, druids, spellcasters, absolutely. I know everybody thinks of druids turning into to animals and stuff, but yeah, I have a couple of support uh, druid builds that I want to try out sometime. So yeah. I get all, two cantrips and uh, you know a couple of level one spells. You know, so I'm just a you know a little baby druid starting off. Like I don't want to inspired by seeking a little bit. One of the spells I get, though, is Charm Person. After all of these jerks, like, possessing our barbarian or one of us and getting us to attack each other, now, my friends, the tables are turned. Interesting. All right, and how about uh, you and Shadow? What what are your hit point totals now? Uh, Ah, so Travancore's new hit point total is 78. Shadow's was 51. I think he just gets his comm modifier plus three. That'll be 59 now, I believe. Nice. All right. And finally, and, and you will have to share your hit point total as well with the rest of the class. Bernie, what are you packing? Hi, everybody. I'm Julia. And well, <laughs> this is going exactly as we thought it would. <laughs> nice save. We've had a few technical difficulties, but we are soldiering on and we are all looking forward to playing in person. So, so Bernie, 
What are you packing? What am I packing? Well, tonight I am first and foremost drinking a beer. <laughs> I like that pause. I think we all liked it. I saw Jonathan <laughs> snicker. Too. I am drinking. drinking. I am drinking. I'm with you. <laughs> it's been a long week, friends, and it's Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, but luckily I have a really good, hopefully, this is something I haven't had before, but it's Collective Arts, and you guys know how much I love their brewery. Their brewery. That's the brewery. Like brewery. 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 This is brewery. exactly how we thought this would go. Um, yep. <laughs> this is a beer from Collective Arts Brewing. I like them. It, they're good. Uh, they are good. They They are good beer. This is a citrus blonde ale, and I picked it in part because I do love a citrus blonde ale, but in part because of the name. It is called Saint of Circumstance, which I think <laughs> is the most burny thing. I think it's a better name for your group than Heralds of Greenness. <laughs> I do, too. I would concur. All right. We opened it. It foamed a bit. Give Smelled it a try. Good. Yeah. I like that. It's a Thumbs little up. hoppy, but yeah. Okay. And what did you what did you acquire for your level 10? What did I acquire? Well, basically just more divine powers, honestly. I get an additional 5th level spell slot and I've already ha- I had one at level 9. Uh but the big thing that happens when you are a cleric that hits level 10 is you get a little something called divine intervention. Ah, yeah. Which is basically you pray real good now. And I, I <laughs> well, you do a real, you do real good pray. You do praise good. You do praise you, good. You pray so good. There, the, I pray, pray so good. total good. There is, there is a small chance that it happens. There is, there is dice rolling that's involved. Oh my God. You have like a, it's like Cthulhu-esque, man. If you roll under what you need, I, I think that's what it is, is you roll mm-hmm. a percentile dice. Yeah, you have to roll under your your cleric level, right? Which is crazy. So here's the, for those of you guys that are like, what? what? And it's called Cthulhu-esque because Cthulhu relies on percentile dice. And uh, you have a D100 that you roll, essentially, and then a D10. And uh, that gives you your percentage. So say you roll, and on your D100, you roll like a 90, and on your D10, you roll a 2. That means you got a 92. And your skill in anything in that game is, like, if my skill in praying was a 95, rolling a 92 means I succeeded. you got to roll under your skill. So you guys are suddenly realizing that uh, if your skill in something is your cleric level and your cleric level is a 10, your success... I mean, I have... I have actually rolled when my skill level in Cthulhu was a 10 and gotten it, but... That's not something that happens very often. No, but if I remember correctly, the way divine intervention works is you try, you you cast it, you do what you need to do, and you roll. And if you roll a 10 or lower, then your goddess shows up and shit gets real, yo. Yeah. It's kind of the cleric's version of Wish with a very low percent chance of it happening. It's like uh, Jonathan said in the last a couple episodes ago, we dealing gods now. Yeah. <laughs> really and do. now that Bernie's level 10, we could literally deal with a god. I just, I... 
we'll have what a god on our happen? side. I don't know. I it might be nice to have to have Beyonce on your side. <laughs> it might Back be at, nice. Well, we'll tw- if that does happen, we'll tweet at her to become a guest up, uh, appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Be- I feel like we have to come up with the whole bit, like the whole da 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 da. We have to come up with that whole thing of why. I mean, obviously, why having Beyonce on your side would be nice. It might be nice. I'm fully prepared to come up with all of that if we're able to get Beyonce as a guest star in this show ever. I'll tweet at her right now. No, please don't. Don't, 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 don't. Let's at least wait until we summon her. She is so cool. Look, and Bernie, what I'm is not, your new I'm health chill. total? My new health total is 72. I'm pretty chill around <laughs> people I meet. But if I met Beyonce, I would just cry. I would just cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And she'd be like, who is this white woman that will not stop making me damp? Like, it would be, like, I would just, it would be her and Michelle Obama. If I ever meet either of those two women, I would just gonna ball uncontrollably. So, like, I love her so, I, she's so great, but I don't think I want her to know I exist, because that would be a little too hard to handle. In the fantasy world, though, that you that your character inhabits, though, not only does Bay know who you are, but that you have a 10% chance at any time of summoning her like a Final Fantasy alien to destroy your enemies. So- Jules, I understand. That's how I feel about Doris Kearns Goodwin. I love you so much. It's unbelievable. I don't know who that is. (laughs) For those of you at home who need to Google, please pause the show and commit to Googling. I'm going to continue. Tell us if you had to Google Beyonce, because honestly, I'd really like to meet you. (laughs) Hi, Seekin. Oh my god, Seekin would definitely. (laughs) Speaking of Seekin, what a transition. You all wake up. For what you think might be the second time. But this time, instead of the overwhelming sense of this being a dream, you're all pretty sure that this is reality. And for a moment, when you open your eyes and look around, it looks very much like what you remembered from this dream that you just had. You all see each other lying on these grass mats in this weird golden grass field. The sun is still low on the horizon, but never really setting. But what has woken you all up has been the sound of Seekin laughing. And he's a little bit out of your eyeshot, but you can all clearly hear him belly laughing just a few feet away. Hey, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. I'm... Oh, good morning. You're awake. Okay. Hi. Yeah, you should get up. You should... My my, my great, 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 great... Well, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, my, gran- yeah. my grandfather's <laughs> here. Grand- no, oh, actually... Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. Because we have an unfinished conversation. Oh? And as you're all standing up, you can now see, just just like in most of your dreams, standing just a, a little bit in the field of grass is Seekin in front of a giant white unicorn with the horn and the wings, the same exact one that that introduced himself as Ekthiarn from your dreams. And as you gather yourself and, and see this, the unicorn regards all of you and says, Welcome again. Oh, good. Hi. You're real this time, right? I was real before. He was real in our brain. Wait, I thought you were a dream Borrowing before. a phrase from Faerun says, it's been a minute. I'm so confused. Just because I was a dream before does not mean it was not real. That's Fair point. very true. Hmm. 
Egg the yarn, does this mean over breakfast we have time to chat about? And she looks at Seekin and she goes, all of that. Ekthiarn looks back over at Seekin and says, we do have many things to discuss, but we should come to my grove first. It's a little ways away. And he looks off towards the east. And before, when you'd gone to sleep, as far as you could see, out into this grass field for miles and miles and miles, nothing but this wavy golden wheat. And now... Off to the east, what's maybe only a mile or two away, is a dense clump of gigantic trees that kind of look like redwoods mostly, uh, all green, none of these autumn colors that you've been coming by. Just this, in the middle of this grass field, a giant forest, essentially. And he looks back over, Ekthiron looks back over at Seekin and says, gather your friend and let's walk. And then the unicorn kind of turns and starts to just amble off in that direction, not going very fast. And Seekin oh, turns yeah. back and says, it happened. It happened. You, we, we did it. We did it. We did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he kind of quickly grabs his stuff and hurries out on after his grandfather. I quickly pack up my gear and I, I follow. Yeah. Same. Uh, same and Z's. Bucks is going to fly over to uh, Ectiarn and land on his head. Ectiarn? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Oh man, that's I roll wow. a charisma check for Bucks. Damn, Bucks! You just Bucks got him back too. This shot, and, you know he game recognizes game. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, charisma is. Do you want to know, or do you want to take yeah, fourteen? Yeah, no, let's uh, negative two charisma. <laughs> okay, well, even at even at the fourteen, Bucks. You send him on over there. He wings his way over. He does a flyby. Um, you ask him to land on Ekthiarn's head. And no, no. Oh, I didn't send him anywhere. Let- Bucks decided that he was going to try and interact oh, with okay. his fellow celestial. And so he's like, oh, um, uh, permission for, for head landing. Doesn't even ask permission. Oh, no. He flies on over thinking, game, recognize game, fellow celestial. He is a celestial. This is a god. And he, like, thinks better of it and lands on Seekin's shoulder next to Ekthiarn. Okay. And at this whole time, he's, like, kind of, like, fiddling back and forth between his claws, just looking at Ekthiarn. Yeah, there's an aura coming off of this creature that all of you have felt that is awe-inspiring and the the idea of just landing on this creature's head even with permission that's not something bucks feels up to asking about i I, I was really hoping that he would get uh sorry bucks the pattern is full (laughs) he got that from his own charisma check (laughs) that's basically what happened as you guys continue to walk towards the grove as i said ekthiarn is is it's it's a slow walk. It is a gentle walk through the fields. And so it's not hard for any of you to keep up. But Seekin is babbling questions. And Seekin says, so, 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 so what's what's going on in your grove? What, what's going on there? And Ekthiarn says, it is a comfortable place to live. And Seekin says, and and is there is uh, are there other unicorns? Because I knew you were a god, but I didn't know you were like the unicorn god, which is super cool. But that explains a couple things. And I gotta talk to my my parents because now I have some questions. And Ekthiarn nods a little bit and says, 
I understand, and I'll answer what I can. But some questions are best left unanswered. Not in Bernie's mind. Well, and there's a moment here in where as you guys catch up, if you want to ask any questions or jump into the conversation. Otherwise, Seekin's just going to badger this god, <laughs> um, um, his hey, grandfather. Seekin, uh, I, I mean, he's badgered us. It's about time like his family gets a taste of this. Well, you know, uh, being being divine presence, I guess, is something that we better get used to these days. So let's uh, let's make the most of it. Hi, hi, Ekdiarn. We are god pawns. Jonathan the Magimuscular here. Hi. Yes, we have met. I know that was awesome. By the way, thank uh, thank you for th- thank you for that. That was fun. There was the talk of us returning to our home plane. Is there any wiggle room for where you send us back? Like, or do we have to go back to the same place we left? I don't, I, I'm new to planar travel, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. If you would like to return to the spot from whence you came, your best bet is to return to the spot that you arrived. I believe you came here in Mithrendian, correct? That's right, yeah. Then I would suggest returning to Mithrendian before you transport back to your plane of existence. I will make sure that you have the capability to go back. But this plane and the material plane are connected in a way that time and space are not exact, but are mirrored in certain ways. If you were to go back to the material plane from here, I could not guarantee you would end up where you would like to be would we so and at this point jaw into the magic muscular kind of forgets that he's talking to a god he, he acting like he's talking to a peer and he's like so okay so it so this plane is mirrored does that mean that if we were to go take the same journey that we took uh to get here from mithrendian we would be in more or less the same place if we took that same journey from waterdeep more or less huh. as i said it's not exact, and the Feywild has ways of distorting distances and space and time in its own interesting ways that are sometimes disconcerting, especially to those who are not from this place or who are not Fey creatures. But yes, if you wish to return to the same spot, then I would suggest returning to the same spot on this plane before you make the jump. Are there any other planes that are mirrors of the material material plane. Like, like I said, planar mechanics was not something I excelled at in school. There are many. Some are wondrous and amazing, and some are best left alone. The Shadowfell, you would not want to go to. In my experience, it is not a place for those of your kind. Fair. Good talk. Jonathan the Men must go out. <laughs> Any... He backs up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got my questions answered. <laughs> you're continuing to walk, and, and Seekin says, so you're going to give me a thing, right? Like, you sent a thing that I used, and then transported us all here, and you'll get, you give me a thing, and we'll, we'll go back? And Ekthiar nods and says, yes, that key will get you back to where you came from. I really appreciate that. Can you tell me one thing? Just one, one little, one little thing. Is this the only form you have? This is my main form. Yeah, that's, yeah, 
that that actually answers 85% of my questions, honestly. That is good, as this is my form 85% of the time. Oh, what's the, you, you got a preference for the other 15? Is it like an even split? Or are you just like every now and then you're like, you know what? Two legs, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that is an apt way of putting it in more than one way. Yeah, yeah, actually, no, yeah, no, I'm glad you're picking up what I was putting down. And 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 how many generations seeking did you say great, 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 great? Well, uh, as far as I know, I think it was 19. And he kind of goes, you see him counting in his head going, <laughs> as I flip through my notes to make sure that I've written down the correct number, because I believe it is 19 is what I had. Yeah, I think it was it was it was 19. So I don't know exactly how many years cuz you know some people had had kids at different times and and at different places and stuff but like yeah, it was, it was 19. Cool, cool. So I mean, I know that you need Seekin here. Do you need him here forever or is he going home too? Well, it is up to him if he goes on home. I only need him, and by extension, I believe he needs you for another day or two, oh. just for a simple task, just to make sure that that Seekin lives up to the standards that my family has set for him. Once that is finished, then he is free to stay or go, as are all of you. You are welcome to stay or go. Oh. Well, I mean, no offense, um, but... Yeah. <laughs> this place is weird. <laughs> Ektheon doesn't seem to take any offense and simply says, it is not home, and that is okay. But before we go, are you going to take care of the Beholder, or do we have to do that? We'll see what the fates allow. Because the Pixies seem pretty intent on us killing the Beholder, but then you're saying we're going to be leaving in a day or two. So that either means we come back and kill it at a later time, or we kill a beholder in the next day or two, or by proxy of meeting you, you kill the beholder, and therefore we fill the prophecy of killing the beholder by having you kill it because you're a god, and the beholder doesn't stand up to a god because you're so cool. All of those <laughs> are options for the future. I'm poking it in its eyes. Do you want to poke Ekthiarn in the eye? No, I'm like, to Ekthiarn about the beholder, I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought you were saying as that Carlton's gonna try. I'm like, <laughs> no. no he has some thing. decorum. He knows you don't poke gods in the eyes. That's that's why I asked. I'm like, yeah. here I is some divine this. smiting, kids. <laughs> I'm like, usually Bernie's the one poking people in the eye, and even yeah, she it's knows. Yeah, Piddlesmick, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna poke the god. I'm talking about the big eyeball that we have to kill. Okay. I'm poking with the sword. Ekthiarn says. He knew what I meant. If you do encounter the Beholder, I recommend poking the big eye. And he looks over at Jonathan and says, for your friend. Poke the big eye. Got it. Yeah, big eye. Big eye. You know, I've tried to poke several things in the eye before, and it's not as easy as you might think. No, especially those with big eyes or many eyes. They do tend to be protective. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why, but also it's a beholder. <laughs> At this point, you guys have reached the edge of this grove that has shown up. And just like the forest you've left, there's kind of a hard start 
It's not like most forests and where you start to see little bits of trees. There is just suddenly a tree line. And Ekthiarn walks in amongst the, the these giant trees like it it's obviously his home. So he can kind of pauses for a second and follows after him. The trees are close enough together in this grove that you pretty much have to walk single file behind this unicorn. There's maybe a little bit of wiggle room, especially for like Bernie. But for the most part, the light from the sun almost gets almost gets blocked out. But there's still enough ambient light to see. It's it's kind of a strange experience. There are fireflies everywhere, kind of just bleeping in and out of of light as they float through the air. You see the sky above you is more of the rainbow colors of a sunset than just the blue that has been the sky. And it's this comforting mixture of closeness and security without being oppressive and overbearing despite how big these trees are and as you're winding your way almost aimlessly like Ekthiarn doesn't just walk straight through he kind of veers off to the right and around certain trees and up through the left again and it's this snake-like pattern I'd love everybody to roll perception checks 24 nice oh that's a 14 Jonathan? Six. And Carlton? I also got a 24. All right. Jonathan, you're getting flashes from Bucks that, because uh, Bucks is, is kind of enamored with all of this, and especially his celestial being is resonating and, and feeling so overwhelmed by the presence of this god that you're kind of drawn into his awe. And it's it's all you can do to follow your friends in front of you. The rest of you notice that Ekthiarn, the direction that he's going in seems to be towards the center of this grove, but this snake-like pattern that you're following is not the straightest route. He's not deviating just to get around things. He seems to go off to the right and then find a tree and then is rubbing up against the tree and then moves off to the left a little bit. And so the progress is steady towards the center of this grove, but it's almost as though... He is intentionally finding trees to just sidle up against and rub a little bit, or uh, one hoof just kind of gently pause at the base before moving on, um, almost like saying hi to friends. After a few minutes of this, there's a break in these trees, and you come to a smaller clearing in the middle of this grove that kind of echoes the grove the the clearing that you were in with the hags and for a moment it's it's a little too close to to home as it were but it's much smaller and the feeling that you get here is is definitely much more welcoming there's still lush grass on the ground and in the center of this grove is a willow tree uh not as tall as the the giant trees around you most of them green and and massive pines and redwoods and things this is a, a weeping willow that just looks ancient and wide and huge and the leaves come down off of its curving branches almost hitting the ground and ekthiarn walks directly up to it rubs up against it on his flank kind of across one of the wings and then turns around and looks at seekin and says I would like you to watch my grove while I am gone. And Seekin says, okay, uh, watch it do what? <laughs> huh. 
And Ekthiarn takes this in stride and says, <laughs> watch it to make sure that it is protected. My grove is sought by many of those in this plane who'd wish nothing more than to see it destroyed. Not everything here is respectful of a god. Yeah, you don't really have to tell us twice. Question. Does your grove come with robots? Because our house that we had to watch for God came with robots. I'm not sure if I know what a robot is. If you'd like to meet them. Uh, oh, they're called uh, Modrons. No. Most of those are with Mechanus. There are no Modrons here as far as I know. Okay, because we had our house came with Modrons, so I don't know if your grove came with Modrons to help can, with the upkeep. Can Jonathan the Magimuscular make a knowledge check on Mechanus? Sure. All right. Uh, what sort of knowledge is it? Uh, well, you would guess from what Ekthiarn has said that it seems to be where Modrons are from, so I'd guess it would be just a knowledge check about the planes? No, it would just be an intelligence, it would just be an intelligence check. What What do you know okay, about- Okay, uh, it is 18. You don't know too much about that plane. In fact- Mechanus is not actually the plane. You know that Modrons come from a plane, but Mechanus, you believe, is kind of like the god of Modrons? Something tells you that's Mechanus is like the one in- involved? Or that maybe Mechanus is where they're from and there is this other thing that might be the god? Like, this is where Modrons are from, you know, and... You think maybe if you talked to your Modrons back in the house, you'd get a little bit more information, but you think Mechanus might be a a world and the thing in charge and also maybe a god, but maybe not. A machine god. It's confusing. It's very strange. Maybe. Anyway, Seekin looks at Ekthiarn and says, okay, uh, are you expecting trouble? Do you think that something might come and try to to destroy it? And Ekthiarn says... Many come, especially when I am not here. When I am here, there is not much that is brave enough to try to incur my wrath. But when I am gone, it is mostly unprotected. I usually call upon those that I trust to stay and watch and protect the heart tree. And now, it's your turn. Oh, shit. Carlton raises his hand. Mr. Ekthiarn, what's a heart tree? The unicorn points with its horn over towards this giant weeping willow in front of you and says, This is the center of my grove. If it is brought low, the grove will fall. Okay, protect the tree. Protect the tree. It is the heart of the grove. Oh, I get it. Heart tree. Got it. Cool. Mr. (laughs) Ekthiarn? And I raise my hand again. Why do you have to leave? I am... A god of a great variety of beings. And I cannot stay sheltered here to watch over my herd. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's gonna go take human form and bone. I'm sorry, I just got done with a very, very raunchy... We can cut that. (laughs) I might leave that in considering what Bernie asked before. Ekthiarn will continue to just stand there. He, he seems non-bothered by these questions. And so... You said you have to go. Do you know when or how long you'll be gone? Not that I don't trust Seekin, but you did say, like, we would have to help him. So is that your day or two that you were talking about before? I anticipate no more than three days, gotcha. but probably only a day or two. And then the hand slowly goes up. Last one, Mr. Ekthiarn, I promise, I promise. 
There can be more. Is there a tree that I'm allowed to set my hammock up in? If I'm going to be here for three days. I don't want to do it at the heart tree because that's the heart. But I want to make sure that there is a tree that is okay. And if not, I'll just sleep on the dirt like a, pe- pe- like a heathen. <laughs> Ekthiarn says, as long as you are here to protect my home, it is your home as well. Cool. Set your home and your your hammock where it gives you joy. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, Glad we're on the same page. So. Uh, we'll go set up a hammock. <laughs> uh, practical uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular raises his hand and says uh, practical consideration Ectiarn in the course of protecting this grove um, I have a somewhat signature spell he lights oh. things on fire sir he oh. lights them on fire and he can only sculpt around people yeah and, uh, so I'm guessing Tree and fireball, not so much, so figure something else out? (laughs) It would be good if you would not set these ancient trees on fire. No problem. That being said, (laughs) and he looks back over at the heart tree, this this weeping willow, and looks back at you, Jonathan, and says, Place your hands upon the bark. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's what you get for asking dumb questions. It's not a dumb question. Uh, I, uh, yeah, Jonathan the Metromuscular goes over and... Touches the side of the tree? Yeah. You do, and it takes a second, because you're not necessarily one with the natural world, but this is a tree, this is a creature. And then... I pat him. Hi. You think, you think about it for a second, as you continue to touch, and it's almost as if the, something about the tree is opening your awareness to the grove around you, And you realize that tree is a creature. That tree is a creature. No, each of these trees are a distinct being, which does mean you can sculpt around them. (laughs) You do also realize that means if you set off a fireball close to several trees. I'll have to pick and choose. Yeah. You might have to be cautious, but yeah. Okay. You, You very quickly realize that these are, these are not just trees. You would... The role-playing part of this is there's a spirit within this tree. These are, there's something special about this grove. There is an awareness here that is greater than what you would find normally amongst plants, even sentient plants. The mechanics are every single tree here is considered a creature. Jonathan the Magimuscular like pulls his hand away and his eyes are kind of still wide. And he kind of like mechanically puts his hand down. It's like, thank you. Wow. And he's, his mind is fucking blown. When you do that, and you pull away and you have this moment, um, Travancore, roll a nature check. You got it. With advantage because of your new powers. Oh, right. Ooh. Ooh. New powers and activate. You've seen a goose before. 14. Something about the reaction that Jonathan has had makes you kind of examine the the grove around you. Like, he's got this impressed, odd look on his face just from touching this tree. And your natural senses go out. And, and while you don't pick up everything that, that Jonathan just did, you do get a sense, like, that this, this grove has a presence. This isn't just a bunch of trees. 
There is a presence around you and under you and to this this heart tree that is distinct from Ekthiarn and everything else. It's it's a little it's a little awe inspiring. This is a special place, Travancore says wistfully. And Ekthiarn immediately looks at you and says, Thank you. It is my home. Oh, Mr. Ekthiarn, one more thing. Do you know my leaky? Yes. Can you tell her I said hi? I think you just did. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, as Carlton has that reaction, Jonathan appears from from the bottom of the frame and is like, right? Wait, (sighs) hold on. My leaky is a unicorn head. And I, like, look up at Ekthiarn. I am not my leaky, no. (laughs) Okay, okay. That's good to know. Uh, one more question about that 85% or that 15%. You ever take a gnome form? Rarely, but yes. Yeah. It is rare that I take a humanoid form. But I have. And he looks over at Seekin and he says, And yes, that is why. <laughs> yeah. And Seekin kind of nods. <laughs> like he just learned something. Like, like he had had this thought in his head and it just clicked up. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I'd be real interested to know about that, 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 that matrilineal line, but I think conversation. If you would like, it is not something I tend to talk about outside of the family, but it is no secret. Most of the gods have sired children of all sorts some on purpose like i some by accident some for their own machination some just for joy so yeah i'm with you on the joy yep joy joy is good joy (laughs) is good all children all children are a joy where i come from or they should be they should be. All ch- Some children are a surprise joy. And uh, Bernie looks over, like, at very pointedly over at Seekin. <laughs> <laughs> and Ekthiarn, as you say that, says, Oh, he was a joy I knew about. Oh, that's, that's good. That's nice. That's good. But I imagine he's full of surprises anyway. That is part of the joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Seekin, you're okay, aren't you? And Seekin kind of blushes, although you get the sense that he's not exactly sure what this, like he knows this conversation is about him, but he hasn't quite put two and two together. And he and, and also like his great grand, great, you know, his, his historical grandfather is a god who is standing right there in this, this mystic grove. So you get the sense he's just overwhelmed with everything. And he just kind of blushes a little bit and nods and then looks back over at Bernie and says, Am I doing okay? You're doing, sweetie. And she holds up this, 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 this piece of bark that's <laughs> surprisingly in a nice little rectangle. And she goes, sweetie, you're doing great. You're doing, you're okay. doing wonderful. <laughs> Jonathan okay. uh, casts Mage Hand and pats uh, Seekin on the back. Huh? And he startled a little bit because he wasn't expecting it, but he's like, huh? okay. Ha ha! You gotta be ready! You're a guardian of this grove, Seekin! You gotta be ready for everything! Yeah. Pow! Can we, and we... and the Mage Hand now pokes him on the side from the other way. Do we get to call it Seekin's Grove while you're gone? Do we get to be the guardians of the grove? 
well, I, and with that, Zeke goes, no, 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 it's a, we're just, we're just guests. We're not, this is, this is still, this is still your grove. And he looks over at Ectheon and then he looks back at Travancore when you say that and says, but yeah, you're, you're going to help, right? I mean, I can he do can. a lot of things, but, but like, yeah. if something comes that's nasty, no, I don't have any f- offensive Eken, stuff. we're going to help you. That's don't worry, why I, we're here. We're, we're going to help you. We're going to get you ready. Pow! And <laughs> the mage hand comes oh, and like, and pokes him in the butt. <laughs> Okay. okay, that is oh. not what I was expecting that mage hand to do. <laughs> not when you said pow, me neither. Gotta, gotta watch, watch those ma- that mage hand. Your mage hand only has like a f- like five pounds of force. Yeah, it's right? not. It's, okay. it's yeah. just and he, he's going pow, but he's like. I want you to imagine what five pounds. Okay, we need to do some googling. I no, 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 no. Like but- five pounds of force on a butt is probably actually a lot of force. Yes, but we're not talking about a full-on punch. So right. yeah, yeah he, he's not I- going full full five pound power here. He's going like good game, Pat, right? So respectable slap. Yeah, he's he's going, I'm messing with Seekin to psych him up for, for getting ready to be a guardian of the grove. And at this point, after after the slap and the poke, he actually, because of that, because you give him kind of like a, a, a path, essentially, he doesn't respond because he is too busy, like wide-eyed looking at all of you, as, hoping that you will, you're gonna, okay, you are gonna help, okay. Yeah. Please, yeah, you're gonna, yeah. okay, because I'll do whatever I can for you. Oh my god. I, I'm gonna help. Ek, Mr. Ekdiarn, are you sure we are the children you want your grandson hanging out with? <laughs> Pow! <laughs> I before before Ectheon can answer, Travancore looks at Sika and says, "This is you're caring for a garden. You've been looking after trees your whole life. That part of it is all you. You're perfect for it. The other stuff, you can leave to us. We got yes. your back. Okay. I can personally promise we will have minimal fire. Okay. Minimal. Yeah. I cannot promise anything more than minimal or anything less. I guess." Well, and 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 I can I can I know like you're worried about damaging the trees and and damaging the forest and everything. If something comes, you gotta fight. But like I can fix a lot of that. I can I can, yeah. I, and he for the first time since arriving in the Feywild, you see some confidence in him. And as he looks around at the grass, at the trees, Travancore, you get the sense he's probably sensing exactly what you did, but more acutely, most likely. And he he kind of stands up a little straighter and goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the all this I got. I can I can do that. Uh, yeah." He, I told you you were doing just fine. The mage hand takes a fist form and appears in fist bumping range of Seekin. Okay. He holds so you give him a you hold out for a fist bump yeah. and he uh goes to give you a high five. Okay. And he, I I Turkey. take that and I'm like, and, and the, the, the mm. mage hand uh retreats. <laughs> So I want to sidle up to Jonathan the Magic Muscular, and I like reach in my pocket and I pull out ten coins. Like, hey, Jonathan, yo, ten gold says that when the god is gone, the beholder shows up. All right, hold on, let's let's discuss the mechanics. Okay, what's my what's what's the rate and uh, what how, what's my window? I'm saying while we're guarding this grove, the beholder that was prophesized that we had the fight will show up. Okay, I bet you ten gold like, that that happens. So. Like, if he shows up after Ectheron comes back, you get my ten gold. If he shows up before okay, Ectheron gets okay. back, while so, we're here, so there's you, not you, a you, there's not yours. a window that we're that we're betting on. It's whether he does or not. Yes, I'm not taking that bet because I think you're right. <laughs> we should have many eyes on this. Yeah, yeah Travancore tries to flag down Ectheron before he leaves. He hasn't left. Yeah, like good. he's stood okay. there listening to all yeah. of you. He seems to be I, more than happy to answer questions, to chat. Like he's yeah. not. 
He doesn't talk about running. Okay. Yeah, or at least he doesn't seem to be. So uh, so when you make any kind of motion towards him to ask him something, he is very, very quickly just looks right at you. You you mentioned other planes. I know we got away from it a bit as a topic, but um, I don't know if you're aware of any planes where humans were escaping a place that was dying. Um, they called it logum. I don't know if that word means anything here or there. That was just their word for it. But does any of that sound familiar to you or anything you may have heard of? Roll a persuasion check. Ah. Oh, seven. Great. Fantastic. Ekthiarn looks at you and says, How familiar are you with the history of the Eladrin here? Moderately. I know what I was taught in school. I mean, I'm just ostensibly descended from them on the other side of the family. When our business is done, might I suggest speaking to an Eladrin who knows the history of their people you might find the answers you seek there i'll do that thank you ekthiron looks over all of you and says was there any other question uh jonathan the muscular is getting ready to to spar spar with seekin so his mage hand has taken the uh the pokey eye form and, he's, and as he's getting ready to cast he looks over somewhere uh no no i think we've got this all right seekin uh, hold on hold defend that. yourself <laughs> Oh, it, it, it like comes toward him. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna hit him because he is like he keeps looking at you guys as you talk, but then he immediately shifts focus every time back to Ekthiarn. So especially as you turn to Ekthiarn and say this, oh, I think we got this. Seekin then turns to look back at Ekthiarn. So you, uh, your mage hand pokes him with two fingers in the forehead <laughs> as he his head immediately turns and he kind of just his head rocks a little bit. <laughs> And he gives you a side eye, like, "Hey, not not in front of Grandpa. Stop that!" All right, stop that. we'll 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 continue this later. Ekthiarn, can I ask you a personal question? You can always ask. I might not answer. How old are you? That is a good question. <laughs> oh, there's that. Um. I would think that beings may not who live a certain time might not measure time the same way we do like we measure time the way ants do like would we have any sense of what that would be not that we're ants compared to to like the are necessarily but just it might not be something where after you get to a certain point maybe you just stop counting you just lose track no he keeps pretty good track i keep very good track of my family but time is relative and the planes are not hmm it is a good Ooh. question, and one that would be difficult to answer in a way you would be satisfied with. I don't know. There's a lot of different things that satisfy me. You could try. I have been alive for at least four ages. How long is an age? That is also a good question. I don't know if I have a frame of reference. If I am 27, how many ages would I be? Oh, um, none. None. <laughs> oh. Ekthiarn looks back at Seekin and says, Do you understand? Seekin says, The math? No, but the relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. And Ekthiarn nods and says, Then that is all that matters. And then looks back at all of you and says, You are accepting a great responsibility helping my grandson of many generations, protect this grove. 
And I understand that this is not something that you are required to do. It is not I that asks this of you. It is him. And you do this for him. And so I thank you. And I will return as swiftly as possible. And see how my grandson fares in this task. And with that, the large unicorn turns, spreads the wings that had been folded up against its white hide, uh, the dappled gray kind of showing off amongst the greens and the browns of this forest. And with a couple of swipes in the air that are very obviously part of some sort of magic. They, they would definitely not be aerodynamic enough to lift this creature off the ground, but like a majestic unicorn rises up into the air, circles this opening in the grove once, and then flies off to the north, uh, leaving you after just a moment or two hearing the flapping of its feathered wings before it is gone. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to game day and stay organized at the table. Mimic Chests, Hero Vaults, and Tankards offer a variety of ways to bring a dice tower, rolling tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, coasters, and carrying space to all your games. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts for compact, durable, and affordable D&D products you'll love. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on August 19th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R O T-I-W-E-R-E-S-P-E-K-R-O-S-Y. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. And Seekin looks at all of you and says, Okay, well, what now? Look after the trees. Now we wait. Yeah. We just stand here? Well, I mean, we're, we can do other stuff. And, and Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of like puts his arm around Zeke and it's like, buddy, we're going to we're gonna practice a little. We're going to be ready for anything that comes for this grove. Oh, hold on. Speaking of which, Mage Armor. Do you think combat training is really worthwhile? I think Seekin's purpose is very clear. He's here to sort of mine the grove. That's where he's most useful. We can protect him. And when trouble comes, he knows how to hide. He's proven that. Yeah, I Let me have this! I need to make Seekin awesome! Seekin's already awesome. Just because he can't fight like you can doesn't mean he's not awesome. No, yeah. I have to I have to bond with Seekin, and this is the way I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bond with Seekin when I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so 
sorry. This is what happens when I play with the people I encounter role play before. I get... <laughs> nope, that's I... totally okay. I kind of I'm, I'm leaving that one in though because I, I find that amusing and hysterical. Oh, what Bernie has talked to quite a few guys now. She's decided yeah. she wants to try hitting on one. Yeah. You never know till you try. Exactly. It's better at least that you're picking a nice one that's not going to rebuff you by killing you. Exactly. Jonathan, as you do this, as you mage armor, as, as this conversation about Seekin happens right in front of him, Seekin looks over at you and says, well, if, if bad stuff comes right away, I don't think there's anything you could teach me right away, but there's there's probably some stuff that I can do to help you and and maybe maybe we can work together and I can I can show you the stuff I can do and you could tell me what would be the most helpful for you. Yes. I am so proud of you, buddy. And I, I let out a I, I, I let out a uh, an arm to like so we can do the uh the Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger like predator handshake. He tries to high five you. I'll take it. <laughs> you you hold up your hand like in that L shape, and he gives you a gentle high five. I'll take it. I would buy a second T-shirt. As it is the beginning of the day, you you've got the whole day. You've got no idea when something might happen. You already know that the sun will not go down, and so while it is important for you to all get a long rest on a regular basis, at this point, it's just kind of amorphous time. Jonathan, with his acute mind can keep track of of hours so it's not like you're going to get lost in the days but the the actual day night cycle is just gone seekin will kind of walk with all of you around the grove examining everything it's a fairly simple grove as far as you can tell it's just the willow in the middle and then there's about 40 feet of empty grass uh healthy thick regular green grass not the, the the crazy tall uh, stuff that you were walking through, and then the trees. And he'll talk about a couple things that he can do, just eyeing everything, and, and then look for some some advice. He'll talk about how he's more than happy to stay up for watches, that he can commune with the animals. There's You can hear birds in the trees, small little birds. You see like squirrels and, and the fireflies, and there, there seems to be some small bits of wildlife. So he talks about how he can commune with them to see if they can alert him to danger before something arrives, or if you need him to stay up for a watch or two, he can absolutely do that. He has already talked about how, because of his affinity with plants, and that's kind of his speciality, that definitely if damage happens to the grove, to a certain extent, he feels confident that he can heal it or fix it, given that you don't kill anything. Once a tree or something is dead, he he can't bring anything back to life, but damage here or there, he can certainly fix with time. He also has some limited ability to encourage plants to grow in specific ways. And so if you give him some time, he can funnel, essentially. If you think that stuff is going to be coming from all directions, he can talk about encouraging some of the trees on a side to grow together or for some of the underbrush to grow thicker to make it more difficult for anything coming at you to come from a specific direction. But he can really only do a couple of things a day. And he doesn't, if he stays up to do one of the watches, he can only do so much of one of the other things. If he spends all day blocking off the Western Passage, for example, then he's not really going to be able to 
keep in touch with all of the animals. So he's got a couple of things that he can do to help out in the defense of this tree. And then he says, after he explains all this to you, he says, or like, if there's something else you want me to do, just you just let me know and I'll tell you how much I can do it. I think, I think Seekin, um, as much of a badass as I want you to be in this fight to your capacity, I think the, the best thing you can do, can you heal people? Uh, no, I, okay. I mostly, mostly plant stuff. Sorry. I, I, I would say just stay open. If like you were saying, we need to close off an approach. I can also close off an approach uh, now. So we can kind of combine our abilities and, uh, and maybe, and maybe funnel enemies or block off enemies from, from approaching a certain way. Uh, so just, I would say, yeah, just be, just be seeking on the spot for, for tree healing and maybe a, a plant wall or two. Well, the the tree healing, I can do that pretty quick. I can I can heal stuff that doesn't take unless it's like really 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 hurt. But I can I can do that pretty quick. I can make some plants grow fast. But if you want me to like block off a whole like this is, this is kind of a big grove, I can block off like everybody to the west. But it's gonna take me a couple hours to do something like that. Hmm. But but because because this place is really cool, and he gives you a look. Like an understanding look, like you know why this place is cool, and he can tell. He says, "But because this place is cool, like it's it's not just going to be a bunch of bushes and stuff. Like I don't think anything could get through what what I can encourage to grow around here. But I need I need I need like half the day." Uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular wants to take kind of a tactician's view of the area, and he wants to see if he can direct Seekin to grow plants like for an hour like maybe not maybe not his full thing but maybe a half measure from a vulnerable side go ahead and roll a perception check and i'll give you advantage since bucks can fly around and also kind of give you an overhead view oh not good oh not good. oh no uh, help 11 uh, he's already getting help from from bucks uh, with an 11, after having walked through a lot of this grove, especially the, the snake-like pattern that you took, and walking around with Seekin and observing the way everything is, is laid out, it's a thick forest, but it is not thicker on one side than the other. Basically, depending on what's coming through, there's, there's no obvious path, as this grove is in the middle of a field, but there is no obvious oh they can't come from this direction or they sh there's a path through this direction seems like just like what you all did following ecthiarn pretty much anything that isn't a huge creature could pretty easily walk through into the center of this grove from any direction all right bernie can bernie help in a way of like walking up and being like uh what you what you doing jonathan i thought you were gonna do some some fight oh well we're talking i think uh Seekin, let's go ahead and just so we have one less direction to worry about. Bernie, you've been told what Jonathan knows. What he, oh, I took a look around. It doesn't look like there is like any one specific place that is better or worse blocked off. No, I'm not going to take another perception check of what you can necessarily see. But if you have a different idea of what you want to look for. We're in a, I mean, a circle. You're basically in a donut. You've got the heart tree in the middle, and then the, the donut would be the open area around it, and then outside of the donut would be this fairly thick forest, but not impenetrable. Honestly, to me, it's like, if you're going to build a wall, 
and it takes you a long time to build it, you might as well maybe build a smaller wall a little further in. So not not like right, right, right here. And so you can kind of points to where the, the tree line ends and the, the grass begins on the inside. He says, but like, like further, further in? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the point is to protect the grove, yes. But I'd honestly maybe rather find a way to, if we can't funnel people, if you don't have enough time to funnel people, and that's what I mean. Well, I, I, I can. It depends on how much time we have. I and mean, we don't know if or when anything is coming. The more time I have, the more stuff I can encourage to grow and, and block off. So, I mean, I could spend all day today and I could get like half this, this, this whole, this whole place blocked off and we wouldn't have to worry about half of it but i have to spend all day doing it and i couldn't do anything else unless there's something else you want me to do can't think of anything else well that's what i was kind of thinking like maybe maybe not an entire half but maybe a cardinal direction and we just say we'll just say north that way we don't have to worry about the north and then that would leave you a little bit of juice to do other stuff right seeking yeah it would take me about half a day to do to do everything about to the north i think yeah if if you want it like rose book bush crazy yeah yeah let's get crazy with rose bushes yeah i think so that'll work okay and do you want me to do it right 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 here or you want me to go further further in it might the, the further in i go the bigger that area gets it might take me longer but it could be it could be better it could be it could be you know further away from the heart tree that we stop people yeah I mean, if it's going to say if like the little part of the circle is the same as the bigger part of the circle, but it's still percentage wise the same, the same, then, yeah, getting that larger area on the outside might be a little bit better. And we can cover you all do that. I'll come with you. OK, how far in you want me to go? Ah, how, how many feet do you how many feet do you want between his break and the his break, his wall? And that is still forest until there's grass. How many feet into the donut? Uh, how big is our donut? Uh, it's four. You have a, it's a forty foot radius around the hearth tree, uh-huh. so eighty feet diameter. And then the grove continue. That's where the the trees start, and then the grove continues out from there in a circle. So the further you go, the larger that diameter will be. Which is why you talked about you know going further out will increase the the size of the wall he has to make to block off all of north but it would also give you more space so it's totally up to you how far you want him to go let's not go too far out let's just stop him at the tree line okay uh north yeah okay i will north all right that's actually good to know (laughs) how much how much area i can't blow up he plunges his hand into the ground, almost like gripping it with his hands, gives the side-eyed Bernie smiles, and immediately a rose grows out of the ground, and it is yellow. That's a good choice. I was going to say, I see Jonathan and Bernie and Seeking kind of doing preparations, and I was like, shit, I'm just sitting here in my hammock. So I kind of like climb out of my hammock, I go to Jonathan, I'm like, hey, we're getting ready for some shit, right? I mean, we might as well. We don't have anything else to do. Now, do you think that that... Shit's gonna go down in like the next hour, statistically speaking. I mean, you're smart. You're, you're going with numbers. Uh, like, do you think it's gonna happen like immediately, or we might? They might wait for not, the god to be a little bit it's further. It's not away. as like time is always moving forward, so immediately is always changing. So I would say if you want to get something started, let's get it started now. 
All right, I'm going to see if there's anything in here that can help us. And I'm going to, like, take, like, ten steps back. And I'm going to dump the bag of holding. Okay. Oh, we're doing this now. Okay. Oh. Surprise. All right. right. <laughs> you dumped the bag of holding. Do you have a list of everything that you have in the bag of holding? I have a list of the stuff that I put in there, but I was seeing if there's anything that I don't recognize in there. Okay. Well, let's start with the stuff that you recognize, because there's a lot in there. John, the player, yes. I would love for you to rattle off everything that falls out of the bag of holding. All right. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up my list here. We've got the dark halberd that I put in there recently. There's a, there's a lot of gold. <laughs> uh, lots of gold. Which all spills out all over the ground. Some of it goes rolling into the tree line. Some of it is just, oh, it's, it's going to be a while to pick that up. 21 card pick up with that. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But we're not going anywhere for a little bit. We got time. Do we, though? <laughs> we got two days. Okay. I don't think X-Men is going to kick us out as soon as he comes back if I'm still collecting our gold. Fair. So I've got on my sheet. So in addition, the alchemy jug is in there. So that comes rolling out. Uh, then we've got uh, the terrible claw mask. Bernie, uh, we've got. Do you have any? Yeah? Do you have an idea for what we could use mayonnaise for? We don't want to use oil or wine or anything like that. But is it, can we? Is there a way we can incorporate mayonnaise into our defense? We also now have crunchy peanut butter. We just got to figure out the word. We could feed it to the bear, and then the bear could take a bunch of really horrible shits everywhere. Be like little little shit bombs. Do you think he speaks up and goes, that would that would help with me. Uh, I don't need the mayonnaise, though. Shadow, 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 shadow. And uh, Travancore, if you're okay with it, he's going to wave shadow on over. I, oh, no. I know what they're planning with mayonnaise, right? Uh, you can hear yeah, them talking. So, so Travancore puts his hand up like this and it says, not just yet, shadow. <laughs> oh, but Seekin, Seekin says, no, 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 I don't need the mayonnaise. Just give me shadow. Just give me shit. And he's like All waving right, shadow fine. over. I, I send shadow over to Seekin. Uh, Seekin... Doesn't ask for the mayonnaise, but uh, in low tones starts speaking to Shadow, and Shadow immediately starts to poop in several spots. <laughs> I told you it was a good idea. He's a bear whisperer. My bedroll falls out. My mess kit, a tinderbox, my torches, my rations, my water skin, 50 feet of rope, a shit ton of blankets that we stole from the Thieves' Guild. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A cobalt skull uh, that is very, very clean. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that later. A, <laughs> yeah, a, a wooden staff, a hunting trap, a animal claw that's kind of withered now. Yeah, and uh, a, some clothing. Also, hold on. Can I? No, I made that into a wall of water, right? All the swamp water you stole from Cholt, you got rid of all that. Yeah, he dumped right? it in yeah, the we alley. Dumped that in yeah, water. Because well, I remember yeah. you dumping some of it. Because I said swamp water, and I dumped out swamp. Yeah, I remember water. afterwards, like, all the coins were bone dry because he said swamp water, and all the water was gone, every molecule of it. Uh, yeah, and then there was kids and stuff. I feel like you're missing some stuff. Let me pull up because there were other things that you picked up in Amphail that should be on that list, or maybe you just went Hot through it. Hot dogs without ketchup. I remember picking up that shit in Amphail. Good. Oh my Sorry. god. I mean, some stuff is in the house. So let me see what you have on your list that might be in the house. Is the Everfresh box in there, or is that something Bernie's that's, holding? Uh, Bernie I think that's usually on Bernie's. Everfresh box. Okay. I also assumed that Bernie had the Sending Stone. Bernie has Bernie has a sending stone? Okay. Because it's usually Bernie that rings. <laughs> if you have inventory bingo, tweet us at Dungeon Drunks. I, I assume Jonathan had the bag of tricks. That was oh, gonna be one yeah, thing. I do have the bag Bernie of tricks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh I don't who did Bernie have it? I wrote it? it down at some point that Bernie was carrying it, but I don't know if it was she I wrote it down because the party was carrying. Mm. 
And then the one of the silver cats of saving that I had, you said, couldn't be kept in the bag and work. So I was like, well, next episode, I'm putting that in my pocket. Yeah, there should be a item in there that's a... There should be a box that you picked up from where you actually got the bag of holding. There were some other things in that room. And I thought all of them ended up in the bag of holding that included... Oh, yeah, that, that chest, that box that we were going to open up later and never did. Yeah, there's a, a, it was a small box. It's not really a chest. It's just a small wooden box that had a feather carved into it. And it has a wooden feather inside of it. There should be that in there. Unless you've got that somewhere else. Hey, Jonathan, now that you have identified, what does this wooden feather do? Oh, yeah. Before you hand that on over, just for the sake of of not I'll losing this, this thread. Yeah, because I think you have that in there. Two other things fall out that none of you recognize. A small iron cauldron and a small vial of what looks like clear liquid, but it moves a little thicker than water. So it's definitely not water. It's not the soft salve. I have that. Ooh. All right, Jonathan. Is not okay. the All right, I'm gonna we be were babies when we found this, and I don't know what these are. I'll, I'm going to be busy for the next 30 minutes. Stand by. <laughs> I'm going to start scraping the gold back in. Travancore is going to try and use the terrain to his advantage and try and home alone this, this forest a little, a little bit. Okay. Uh, tell, me, tell me more. What are you going to try to do? You know, just basic trap setting. You know, if there's anything that's a humanoid size, they can probably dig a couple of, like, you know, one-foot holes and just, like, you know, cover them up, like, really well because he knows nature and the forest is kind of his element so that people can trip into them and fall and at least, at least slow them down. Okay. So you know that Seekin is building his wall off to the north. Where would you like to place these traps? Uh, I, I'll say, depending on what you're trying to do, you could probably place one or two an hour and maybe get four or five off if they're simple enough. Okay. I'm going to say the south. South? Okay. What would you like to do? Okay. So I'm going to do the uh, couple of, you know, maybe the two hole an hour thing. Kind of kind of just dig these holes, like, deep enough that someone could roll an ankle or something, but not so far that they'll fall down because I don't have time, time for that. You know, look around for, you know, basic, like, leaves. Nothing off of the trees themselves because I know they're sentient or at least know that there's something special about them. But any kind of, like, leaves or twigs or anything that's already on the ground, I can use them to cover them up well enough that uh, that they're trapped. It looks like it's just regular terrain. Sure. Go ahead and roll a survival check with advantage. Sweet. Fifteen. Yeah, you managed to dig. Um, how many did you want to dig? Or how long did you want to do it for? I'll give you kind of either option. A half a day, six hours, I think is plenty. Okay, uh, I'll say that you can probably do a good eight, eight holes that would get a, a normal humanoid. Um, not only are you able to dig those kind of strategic places around where you think people might be coming through some of the the trees, but while, well, no, you understand, probably you don't want to be pulling stuff off of the trees. These are trees that do shed leaves and shed branches and things. And so you do find enough on the ground already shed to what you think is adequately cover pretty much all of those holes. During that time, during those eight hours, Seekin builds a rose wall along the northern side. He starts with yellow roses, but then quickly morphs into a whole spectrum of colors, kind of up one tree and then out. And so basically the entire north face of this grove, the trees and the bushes are now ringed with this thorny, viney rose bush that the thorns on it are wicked looking. They, they look pretty bad. Jonathan. You spend however long you need in order to identify these items. 
So first, the chicken pot. Um, so the small iron cauldron remains empty until you speak the command word <gasps> and reach your hand into it. <laughs> Roll a d20. This is awesome. On a two to a 19, you withdraw a live chicken. On a one, you pull an angry rooster out who immediately attacks you. On a 20, you pull out a chicken egg. Pot can be used again <laughs> until the next dawn. So you basically pull out a, bot, a pot that has a an 18% chance of giving you a live chicken. Live chicken. Carlton! Chicken, chicken, chicken on the menu! On the menu. <laughs> Wait! No, 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 no. I'm so tired of eating we should, my We should save chicken. one for Vaz, at least. We can Hold fill on. this grove with chicken. Form an army. A chicken. <laughs> yeah, but we only get one a day. Shit, well, we just need... Time doesn't work the same here. You don't know what the fucking day is here. All right. But, I well, want a chicken army. Let me have... <laughs> How does that work? There's no dawn. It would be the equivalent amount of time. So, yes. It will, it will happen. There is the little vial that you pull out, which is, when you identify it, it's not necessarily a, a potent magic item, but you do sense it's a, called a salve of drying. You put this on something and it's going to dry out whatever it is on top of. And you got to be a little careful. Basically, use gloves when applying. If you put it on a living creature, the longer it stays on that living creature, the the more things are going to get really bad. Chicken jerky. <laughs> I mean, I you know that I'm partial to roasting and Jonathan the Muscular holds up a flaming hand. It's like, but okay, fine. Well, Carl we'll is already carving a spit. We'll, we'll, we'll see how many chickens we can produce for, for chicken army. Chicken army. It'll be just, guys, I just really want to recreate what's happened to me many, many, many times in uh... Breath of the Wild. Well, not Breath of the Wild, but... Well, if you pull out an angry rooster, <laughs> it'll definitely happen. And then you focus on the box that was the one that you found at the in, in Amphail, actually right next to where this bag of holding was. It's this little wooden box that's got a, a feather in it. And yeah, it is quite the magic item. Oh, a Qualls token. Oh, nice. It's a little different than the standard one. It is... So basically, without having to read off the whole thing, you can use it and throw it into the air, and it turns into a gigantic bird that can carry you pretty much anywhere. And you can use it once every 30 days. Oh, so it's a GTFO bird. 500 or, pounds. Wait, does that say a thousand, uh, 144 miles a day? Mm-hmm. And it disappears once it disappears. Uh, or, so for 24 hours. Basically, you can go in 24 hours up to that distance, uh, to 144 miles. miles. You can go pretty far. How far is Greenus from Waterdeep? It probably, I think we may have just found an express train. It would probably be less than 144 miles. I mean, I might borrow this for a quick trip to Amphail and then just... It can hold all of us. Well, but the... Oh, and I can teleport us back. Like, we don't have yeah. to spend 30 days in Greenus. I can just Greenest. teleport us yeah, to... Yeah, so we have our express train to Greenus. And then our express train back to Waterdeep. Express train to greenest! <laughs> uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular goes up for a mighty high five. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! I can say hi to Leonard. Aww. And Reggie! I asked, <laughs> oh, oh, I asked about Reggie in my dream. I asked the horse god about Reggie. I bet the oh, horse god how is Reggie? mad. He's being, he's being cared for by loving people. So okay. he's great. If we do go back, I don't think we take him with us. I think. No. I think yeah, we'll 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 say we'll say our sorries and we will we will part ways. I think he's home. 
I'm gonna go get me some blood pie. Fun fact, on the allies and organizations part of the character sheet, I do have the lady who makes blood pie listed. As you should, because <laughs> blood pie. I flew in my dream. What? Yeah, I realized it was a dream and I flew straight up. It was awesome. I wish I could fly. Oh, I didn't even think about doing that. Shit. I know, right? I, like, whenever I have a dream like that, I just am like, oh, I'm having a dream. Wait, can I fly? And then I wake up. Bernie Seekin leans over to you and says, you you had dreams about Ekthiarn? I, I just woke up and he was there. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? No, I mean, I think about it this way, Seekin. Dreams happen inside your head. And he was expecting you. But... I don't know that he was expecting all of us. And so I think he wanted to make sure that you brought the right people. Well, I I don't know what he thinks. He said that he liked you. But That's good. I, I know I, I brought the right people. I don't know if I would would care if he said otherwise. I know I've got the right people. Well, I know that he is a knight in time great but i think i think if he told you you brought the wrong people i think you i think you're right and and yeah he i i know that he cares about me and he loves me he just wants to be safe but if if he had said that then then it would have just been because he doesn't know you and i would have told him that i think that's probably why he spent some time in our brain i appreciate that notion though seeking thank you okay I'm gonna go back to growing roses. And he plunges his hand back in the down and in the ground, and more rose bushes come up. And oh, uh, oh hold on, Seekin, uh, you've got a little, got a little. And I use prestidigitation to uh, do the dirt off. Hey, that's a new trick too. <laughs> and he looks down. and He's like, "Oh, okay, cool. That'll that'll be helpful because I gotta do that some more." And he plunges his hands back into the dirt and immediately gets dirty again as roses continue Don't worry, to grow. I got you, fam. <laughs> And with that, as he continues to grow his rose wall, as Travancore has returned from making his traps, as uh, stuff has been identified, we'll pause here. And the next time we get together, it will be in person. Whoa! At mm. RTX. Oh, man. And apparently you will be protecting the grove of Ekthiarn from something. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Year patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael Lapointe, a.k.a. Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.